This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're tuned into Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Anwar Mahbub. The financial planning industry has grown considerably in recent years. Between 2015 and 2022, the number of licensed financial planners grew by 145% to around 1,500 individuals. So, what is their role in the financial well-being of many? Is it only for the rich? And how has their role evolved over the years as the number of products and needs on individuals have become more complex? Joining me to discuss this is Alvin Tan, President, Financial Planning Association of Malaysia, or known as FPAM. Let's start with the role of financial planners. What are they supposed to do? Uh, financial planner is a term regulated by Security Commission and once has to be licensed to use the term financial planner. There are about licensed uh, 46 financial planning companies in Malaysia with about 1,500 licensed financial planners in Malaysia. The role of financial planner, basically what we do, we review holistically the overall financial health of a client, looking at their life goals and how to get them financially sound. The usual life goals will be retirement, children's education fund, and paying off debt. That's where the financial planner put in their expertise to recommend an action plan and solutions. And the role of the Financial Planning Association of Malaysia, I see from the website, there are charter and corporate members, and then, of course, financial planners. How does this ecosystem of FPAM work? Okay, uh, FPAM, basically, we are a member of the Global Financial Planner Standard Board, uh, which runs the certification for CFP. As a professional body, we certify our members are competent by running their, uh, by running continuing uh, education workshops and events. Uh, we also work closely with uh, security commissions and bank around Malaysia to promote standards in the industry is, and essentially to be the voice of the financial planner and the financial planning firms. Uh, in, an important part of our mission uh, is to also promote financial literacy through our employee financial wellness program where we work with companies to educate their staff on financial literacy. Uh, we also work closely with regulators and the Financial Education Network to give financial literacy talks to the public. Uh, at the same time, we also run smartfinance.my, a website to promote financial literacy and has a listing of licensed financial planners that has been vetted by us. Any public or visitors can actually search for one based on the location of their expertise. Now, FPM has been in existence since 1999 and 24 years later. What would you say have been the biggest changes that you have observed in the industry? Uh, I would say that the biggest changes is that we have seen a lot of um, uh, people converting to become financial planner. Uh, in the past, probably you have a single solution. Uh, nowadays, I think we increase uh, uh, knowledge, an increase of uh, sophisticated products. The public demand of a more uh, precise, obviously, a more competent financial planner is actually ever uh, demanding there. So I think that's the biggest change in terms of shift, in terms of consumer demand uh, for a uh, a professional financial advisors to actually help them to diagnose their financial health and going beyond. Would Islamic financial planners also be under your care? Uh, Basically, we have two certifications. Basically, we have a CFP certified financial planner as well as the uh, IFP, Islamic Financial Planner. So that also be uh, provided by FPM as part of our certification program. 
There is increased complexity in financial products with individuals having access to them easily thanks to online trading. Mm-hmm. We have cryptocurrencies, derivatives, and global equity markets. How is FPAM keeping up to date with this? How are your planners keeping up with the times? I think part of the uh, evolving of uh, technology, especially of all these new investment products like crypto, uh, I think I think one we have no choice but as a financial planner, we need to keep our trend. Part of the initiative also because uh, we are part of the uh, global network. So uh, the recent financial planning uh, standard board, uh, so-called conference that we actually attended to. So there are two elements that we have been uh, having a broad discussion on this area, including uh, one is uh, ESG. The second one is also talking about crypto. Uh, whether there's something that the financial planner is actually equipped, then of course, uh, by how to equip the knowledge is actually having a workshop also as an education to educate our people so that they'll be aware of what are the uh, uh, so-called products or going out there. But of course, when a financial planner that's actually not expert in this area, they always can always work with the expertise in this area to provide the solution to client if they want to. But there remain bad actors in the industry who give unlicensed advice. So how can we weed them out if they approach us? How can we tell those who are licensed and those who aren't? Is there a directory and where? Uh, yes, there's actually a directory, uh, both provided by uh, SC, Ben Negra, as well as uh, our site, FM. We also have a directory. So any public, if they think that if we have approached by people, they claim to themselves to be a licensed financial planner or a approved uh, financial advisor rep, of course, then they can check via the uh, regulator websites. So I think what they need to do is they key in the name, key in the IC number, then of course, they will pop out whether they are licensed or not. So I think this is one of the basic uh, information or basic uh, step that the uh, public should actually go to to see whether that person to be a licensed or non-licensed. What are the initiatives that FPM does to ensure that you have a certified FPAM person giving you advice? And also, how do you weed out these non-FPM people? Besides uh, FPM, there's also other financial associations. For example, we have uh, MFPC, the Malaysian Financial Planning Council, and then we also have uh, Association of Financial Advisors. These are three broad uh, so-called associations that are very relevant and uh, important in the industry. But of course, only FPM will look after our own member. But of course, then again, if you think that, hey, uh, whether these people are licensed, okay, of course, then you have to go to regulators, the website that's more uh, accurate in that, in that case. Now, do you think that the industry is sufficiently regulated? Should the Securities Commission change the guidelines or make the penalties more severe to protect individuals? After all, just look at what is available on YouTube if everyone claiming to be a financial guru or what they term as finfluencer. I think, I think regulations is really there. I think it's about, about uh, implementation. Whether the uh, regulator will actually have a, a better monitoring or, or, or implementation in terms of uh, taking action Again, all these uh, fin guru or, or people that claim they have the kind of certification by providing the kind of courses and all those. I think, of course, association will play their part. Uh, likely, also, we also will give uh, those names that we find that is probably uh, not licensed. We also pass those names to regulators. Then, of course, only the regulators can take action against them. As an association, there's only so much thing we can do. How often do your FPM members need to go for classes to update themselves with changes in regulatory requirements? Example, sometimes would they need to take CPE points? Yes, we do. Uh, I think association side, we need to have 20 hours a year minimum. 
Uh, likewise, those who are licensed with regulators also 20 hours a year. Or will financial planners be displaced by AI after all they are robo-advisors? And if more believe in passive investing, will there still be a need for financial planners? Passive investing or robo-advisory, they can actually give you so much um, so much advice. For example, uh, they were not able to tell you in your um, circumstances, for example, you have really have starting a family or probably you have uh, other priorities so the robo-advisor would not able to know unless there's a uh, indication or, or information being captured there. But of course, of course, robo or technology, it helps financial planner to actually uh, do their work better. In certain areas that we also outsource, for example, using robo, then with the robo uh, uh, together with the, a physical financial planner, then perhaps we are able to give better offering or better solution to clients. Yeah. So, so to me, I think going forward, that would be more of a hybrid model. A hybrid meaning that you have a physical financial planner leveraging and technology, leveraging on robo to come up with the uh, 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 more balanced uh, so-called investment portfolio or whatever solution that is to actually couple with the uh, uh, experience of a of a mass market to give you a better solution to client. Does FPM require its members to maintain a certain level of servicing, a high standard to ensure that a good name of FPM is upheld? Uh, always, We always look at uh, two things, ethics and also the call of conduct. Your ethics and integrity is important. And then the other part is actually the competency. That's why we always have continuous education to educate our, public, uh, our members to, uh, in order to actually ensure the standard is there. I've been speaking to Alvin Tan, President, Financial Planning Association of Malaysia, FPAM, on the financial planning industry. We'll be taking a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back. You're tuned into Ringgit and Sense. I'm Anwar Mabob. Today, we're discussing the role of financial planners. And joining me today to discuss this is Alvin Tan, President of the Financial Planning Association of Malaysia. So tell me, are financial planners for everyone or only for people with a lot of money? No, I wouldn't say so. Our financial planning is actually for everyone, irrespective of the bank balance or what stage in your uh, adult life. When we do free consultation session for the public, we often have university students asking us, I, I don't have a job yet, do I need financial planning? Of course, the answer is yes. So the financial planner here will actually help the students to avoid major mistakes in the first five years of their working life. Often, uh, we also have retirees actually ask us, why do they need a financial planner then, when they're already retired? So that's actually where a financial planner will work with them to ensure their retirement less aid will actually last longer. And importantly, also help them to avoid investment scams. What type of initiatives do you do to encourage the young to start investing early? Do you engage with them in universities or in schools? Uh, we do have a couple of projects we are running. Of course, we also go to universities, go to school. Uh, we're also working with a financial planning company to have the literacy talk. I think the one that we also work with actually came up with the uh, financial financial board, just like uh, uh, what I call a uh, uh, Kiyosaki, the kind of uh, uh, monopoly type of uh, financial board. So to actually educate uh, start people young from actually talking about topics about uh, investing, protection, and vice versa. How are fees charged then? And after accounting for everything, what is typically the all-in cost for the services of engaging a financial planner? In the industry, financial planner basically make their income from uh, three ways. Uh, first is actually charging a financial planning fee. 
Second is actually making a commission for the product they actually offered or hybrid of both. So there's no standard fee in this industry as uh, each financial planning firm will dictate their own firm's uh, set of fee. Uh, it can typically range from as low as probably 500 uh, for a one-to-one hour consultation to probably uh, 10,000 ringgit. So most clients um, averagely will be charging about 2,000 to 3,000 range. It all depends on the uh, total asset, the complexity of the uh, uh, case and or probably hourly spend on the case. Now, with the evolving landscape of technology, how is the industry adapting to ensure that it is well-equipped to navigate digital advancements? Well, there are many new investment products, especially uh, cryptocurrencies and uh, other financial instruments. So, of course, young investors, they are more willing to try new things, yeah, new products. And also, of course, financial planners, again, where they'll keep up with the latest trend. So, investment scams are always evolving and financial of, uh, planners are often called upon by their clients to do due diligence on that investment. Have there been instances where FPA members oversell products to customers, selling products that customers maybe do not need? Um, then again, it all depends again uh, not on the ethics code of conduct. So of course, then uh, that's where we, FM as an association, we ensure our people are always integrity, client compass, that's important. Uh, so uh, income can be made from many ways, as I told you. So for us, uh, so whether the client actually uh, take off the product from us or not, not, it's not important because at the end of the day, let's say we also charge a financial planning fee. So we're actually earning from fee as well. So that's actually where we actually ensure the impartial, impartial view, impartial solution on that area. Meanwhile, someone out there might be thinking, hmm, is financial planning a career for me? Tell me, where should that person begin? Well, I mean, I mean important is actually to ask that person um, uh, whether that that form of function actually bring a sense of purpose for them or not, okay? So to me, it's actually financial planning is one career where the strong sense of purpose never goes away. So in good times, you're able to help other plan for their kids' future education needs or build their retirement nest aid. And in a bad time, such as if a critical illness strikes or retrenchment, you'll be right there for them. So helping to reassess their finances and see how best they can use their policy to minimize financial stress and rebuild a life, I think that is actually something that is a good purpose. So for anybody who wants to join this industry, I think that they should ask, hey, whether the function I'm, I'm actually involving in, whether there's a purpose I'm able to actually help the people out there. Do you have a requirement where new joiners need to have studied finance or accounting? Oh, no. any Okay, what uh, the minimum qualification to come in to become a certified financial planner is actually a degree for us. So you come in with a degree, then there's a four module of uh, certification you need to go through. After the four module, you complete the four module, then you carry a title of certified financial planner. Then if you actually want to practice as a financial planner, then you actually have to apply to uh, regulators to carry a licensed uh, financial planner destination so that you can actually able to actually go out and start a career on your own. For the people who wish to join a company, how is a, a fee structure like? Is it commission basis or is it actually on a salary basis? Oh, that depends on that uh, individual financial planning company, what they actually offered as a package. I do, We do have companies that actually offer a commission-based structure or there will be a hybrid, for example, they have a basic salary plus commission. Then also as well, uh, there will be also a full salary package. So it depends on that individual, which type of remuneration model that you're comfortable with. 
So uh, then depends on that kind of company whether there's such a model available for that for that person to come in. So if it's commission basis, it's almost like you are freelancing. There's uncertain income. Uh, I wouldn't say there's uncertain income because probably in the initial stage is uncertain. But over time, actually, we have been working long in this industry, uh, similar to. Uh, other other commission-based uh, industry that, for example, like life insurance agency or probably unit trust agency. So I think this model is something that is actually embedded for years and for centuries. So uh, I think as a freelancer, uh, you carry on as your own entrepreneur. So whether you want to be servicing a specific group of uh, clients or probably you just want to offer specific solutions, say, for example, I just want to talk about pure investment solution. Or some people will just say that, hey, I just want to offer pure uh, protection solution. So it depends on that financial planner, where they want to actually um, position themselves. So with, with a commission base or a freelancer or entrepreneur, they have a freedom to actually craft out their own business. So there's no dictation for us, hey, you know, we must not do this, we must do that. How does the Financial Planner Association engage with the broader financial services industry and collaborate with other professional organizations? Uh, okay, some financial planners, as I mentioned earlier also, they are also financial advisors. Currently, we are regulated by two regulatory bodies. So, um, Security Commission, they actually regulate the investment side, they term it as a financial planner, whereby Bank Ground Malaysia, they actually uh, regulate the insurance industry, so they come up with the term of financial advisor, REP. So, uh, so, for us, we work with the whole entire financial industry, whether it's investment or insurance. So uh, currently, Benegra also have a new requirement for insurance agent uh, to get certified. So FN currently and other financial planning organizations, we are running certification exams for them. So for FN, we are running the M2 Module 2 program uh, exam, which also ensured that insurance agents have the knowledge and skill level on protection planning. So the whole industry is actually leveled the whole standard up. So we are also currently developing a firm operating standard for financial planning firm for the industry, which we plan to launch middle of next year, 2024. Uh, this will essentially be a document describing how a financial planning firm should be run, with proper check and balance, and it also help to improve the governance of this industry as a whole. You also have some wealth management departments in the many banks in Malaysia. Are the salespeople in those banks, are they also members of the Financial Planning Association Malaysia? Um, not all of them. We also have a corporate member or chartered member that are actually bank-based. So uh, only probably uh, most of them are there, but not all. Because they're so depressed whether they want to be a member of FPM. As president of FPM, what is the goal that you want to achieve? I think the goal that we want to achieve as an association um, is always that we want to have uh, more financial planner in the industry. Uh, we acknowledge that our biggest challenge is getting the more uh, and also the right talent to actually join us. Of course, if you look at areas like East Coast and less urban areas, there's actually a significant lack of financial planners over there. So I think one of the biggest goals is actually to have more people, more, more uh, right human talent to actually join us. And then, uh, of course, the other part is uh, uh, continuous financial literacy education. So that's actually a very big part of us to actually go out and uh, educate our people, uh, uh, to equip that with uh, better so-called literacy so that they don't fall into all these scams out there. Talk about scams. Does FPM engage with the authorities to address the prevalence of scams that appear online? Uh, we do. We're actually part of the financial education network. 
that is actually conceived for, for many uh, stakeholders, including Ben and Gara and other associations and uh, uh, all. So I think part of the function is actually, again, to educate uh, and also to have what they call an action plan so that any circumstances that you actually fall victim to that kind of scam, there's actually a very quick so-called like recovery path for them so you can actually make calls, you know. So the bank will also step in to actually freeze those accounts and all those transfer. So these are part of the initiatives that the industry have taken ourselves. But again, uh, there's also so much things you can do. So, you know, the other side is always, the dark side is always faster than the, the, the black side or the bright side. So I think on all in all, I think education is still very important. Do you expect a growing demand for share products in the future? Uh, of course, always. Uh, we are a Malaysia is actually hub for Islamic finance. Of course, then uh, we have a lot of initiative, and I think the latest after besides the uh, so-called Sharia investing, I think the next I think that's on in trend is actually ESG investing. So these are the things that actually you know from time to time you have more of this um, so-called team coming in that is evolving. That's all that we have. For Ringgit and Cents, I've been speaking to Alvin Tan, President, Financial Planning Association of Malaysia, FPAM. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10am news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Anu Mabob from The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.